Welcome to the Making Money in the Music Business podcast, where we share insightful views on a variety of topics in the music industry that can help you make more money from your music business. And now, here are your hosts, Dr. William E. Smith and Kenya McGuire Johnson. So, so. today, <laughs> um, I thought um, I thought about what we could cover, mm-hmm. and I was thinking about what we had talked about before, which is getting gigs. Mm. Yes, getting gigs. The, the 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 challenge of the indie artist, the very indie artist, totally... getting gigs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. When you're first getting started, it's a very big challenge, and it's uh, it's something that uh, I know a few people that I'm I'm working with are having some issues with it. So, uh, yeah, I'm curious to hear to what 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 you know what people are experiencing. Um, you know, I live in my little bubble, and I know what I experience. I think that sometimes musicians don't want to always say that they're getting rejected every minute <laughs> so <laughs> i'm curious to hear you know what's the level of rejection your friends are having but you know <laughs> right right yeah I, I think there's a lot of different issues around getting gigs um that that happened before um uh, back in the day and then those things now are not as important but then other things are important now uh-huh. so uh you know, one one of the things, um, just to tackle one thing, uh, as an artist, I think that the first thing you should do is not worry about doing far away gigs, but more focus on the local gigs. Right. And, yeah. and getting known locally and getting venues to know who you are. Um, you absolutely you have that? to start. Oh, my gosh. Yes. No, you, you need to start locally for. A number of reasons. Um, one, you got to prove yourself. It's kind of like you got to crawl before you walk, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think that as um, musicians, a lot of times, you know, because we maybe we've been playing since we're little or, you know, really young and have been in all these different bands and recitals and stuff like that. For some reason, I think we feel like when it's time for us to do our own thing, you know, we should be arrived. Like we arrived, it should be now. (laughs) And um, it's a different, it's a completely different playing game at that point. So, you know, to think that you're going to be able to just, you know, um, jump, I'm going to go to, you know, I live in Iowa and I'm going to go jump to, you know, Nashville and be a star is just not, you know, that's just, that's not the way the, um, the game goes. So, you know, it's one, you got to prove yourself, you know, you gotta, you gotta show that in fact, um, people are interested, you know, kind of in your, in what you're presenting in a show and in a performance. Um, and you gotta, plus I think, I'll go ahead. I think, uh, people that, um, are in different other places. So if you're from Iowa, say, and you're going to go to Nashville, mm-hmm. people in Nashville are going to, who might know people in Iowa are going to ask, well, right. who's this person in, right. from Iowa? Right. And if nobody knows you, right. <laughs> Well, and this y- is the thing, you got to increase, yeah. the, the, the thing that allows you to actually get booked for gigs, okay, is your record. <laughs> your right. record right. is what is actually going and and when I say record I don't mean your album. I mean like your your you know your draw. How many places have you played? Have you never played? You know, that's what right. venues are looking at. Um when they're trying to decide and I talk about getting gigs a lot. I actually um 
with creating Crimson, I, I have a client who um, that was why she came. Her whole goal, her whole mission um, was that she wanted, she needed gigs. She had never gotten her own gig as her own artist. Um, she had performed doing covers, you know, for, you know, background music, but just as her artist name, her, she had recorded an EP and she had never performed one of her songs at all <laughs> at a venue right. or in a live right. space. And she wanted to do that. And so that's what we focused um, our coaching on. And by the end, you know, of our sessions, she was pretty much playing regularly. And, you know, so I talked a lot of to this to about this to a lot of artists because it's not, it's not as um, one obviously as simple as it appears, but it also maybe is not as logical as <laughs> as mm -hmm. you would think. Um, you know, you think, oh, I got a good, I, I'm good. I sh everybody should want to see me, but mm -mm, that's that's not. Do how you it think goes. it's easier uh, to get a gig having a CD? Um, absolutely. Yep. Yep. I do. Um, because what what's happened? So so this just I'm trying to do this really quick. What what happens is when you are trying to be booked, and there is a difference between doing your own production, your own show, versus having somebody book you. So for those listening, kind of you know you need to be thinking when you're talking about performing. Typically, there's two options, and one is that somebody will hire you to perform, therefore be booked, or you will put on your own production, your own show yourself. And um, as an independent artist, the beauty of that is, you know, you, you kind of have those, you know, both those options. Um, but the thing is this, is when a place is trying to book you, again, this is their business. And so you have to be thinking you got to really put on your business hat when you're looking at booking because a venue is looking at, I have to pay my rent. <laughs> mm -hmm. I have exactly. to pay my rent. And every night I need to make a minimum of whatever. And so if I'm a venue that, you know, does live music, I not only need to pay you, I've got to also pay my staff to work it. And most venues have bars and have, so there's a lot of things going on that they're trying to manage. And so if they know if I bring in Joe and Joe brings, you know, me fills my house up. And so they're more when I fill my house up, that means meaning my venue up. That means I have that many people to buy drinks and to buy food and to, you know, make exactly. more money off of. So they're really looking at can I break even basically or not even really break even. Can I at, at least break even, but definitely try to at least make a profit off of booking or hiring this artist. And so your music may be fantastic, um, but if you don't, and the only way they're going to know your music is fantastic is if you've recorded something. Exactly. Um, so that's why that becomes really important because they're going to be, you know, obviously checking out your music. And um, you may think that your music is great, but if you can't show that you have a record of performing anywhere, which means you don't really have a draw, and the draw is the key, um, then uh -huh. they, they're going to, they're, and you're competing with somebody who maybe has a really large draw and their music may not be as strong as yours, but they're going to book that other person because they're going to bring in the people. So, yeah, I, I think, uh, I definitely think having a CD is, uh, pretty much like the base thing to have, yeah. um, when you're trying to go to a venue, although there are those odd exceptions. Yep. 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 <laughs> when, yep. 
you have groups that are really uh, pop popular locally. Yeah. And they don't even have a CD. Yep. Um, yep. Absolutely. And, and it's, they're, they're odd exceptions. It's just they've been able to market themselves and build a following. Right. And I think what you said is actually very key is that every uh, gig that you do, it's a partnership. It's actually a joint venture business right. uh, decision for a venue and an artist. Right. And you both have to bring something to the table because everybody's just trying to grow their business. Yep. That's that's really the bottom line. And and there are, like you just said, there are these exceptions. And some of the exceptions are frequent, meaning um, you have also a very key part of this is relationships. And so if you have built, um, if, if, if certain relationships are in place um, within that business <laughs> venture together, in other mm-hmm. words, if you're an artist and let's say you do have somebody that's helping you with booking, okay, and getting you gigs, and that person that's helping you, they have a, a, a significant relationship with the venue, the person who books for the venue, a lot of times that venue will just based on good relationship, will go ahead and book you and give you that opportunity um, because they know that person. And so when you start getting really up into the industry, um, that's really where that's happening. Those people who are managers who are really booking shows for their artists, those are relationships. And, you know, and those managers are not, they're only taking on those artists where they know their relationship will stand good, you know? Um, so that's important. Too. So that, that's for the, that's for that first level, uh, the first level indie artist trying to get booked. Now let me, uh, switch gears and talk <laughs> about maybe an artist that's doing some gigs mm-hmm. and they're trying to grow. Um, and what, wh- how do they contact a booking agent? Like where, are, where are these booking agents? <laughs> and then, <laughs> and how much, how much would you al- allow them to take from the, from the money from the gig? You know, I'm going to be honest here, and I don't know. There might be a lot of controversy with how <laughs> I'm going to say this. <laughs> I, you know, booking pe- booking agents, and there that's kind of a term that's starting to, I think, age itself. I'm um, kind of like demo. You know, it's it. They don't. Mm-hmm. I I don't know if they exist the way that we understood them to exist before, because because of the independent nature of how music is moving now, how people are able to access music, how people are. How artists are able to kind of control their destiny a little bit more. Um, the agent mm-hmm. effect um, is kind of in a vulnerable space. Um, so I, I would say this: if you're beyond that, if you're that first level, you're not going to get an agent. Okay. So, or, and if you do have an agent, it's only a name. You know, I mean, because they, because because this is the key: mm-hmm. the agent has to make money off of you. So if you, you know, and the way that people, the way artists are really booked by major venues where they make a, you know, a significant amount of money is based on a, it, their draw, if they're on the radio, you know, are they top 20? And so booking people, their big thing is they have to, it's this part of this business again. Can I mm-hmm. make, what am I, if, if you're only going to make $250 on this gig, <laughs> And I'm saying I'm going to take 10%, which is usually standard minimum. 10 to 15 is usually what you're looking at. What, I'm going to make 25 bucks? You know, that doesn't make any sense. So they're not going to, they're not trying to have artists that are only making 250. But most independent artists who are starting out, you know, 250, all right, I'll, I'll do it. You know, 250 by myself, I might do that gig. So now we're looking at those artists then that can book for probably a minimum, a minimum of like your thousand dollar range. But even in mm-hmm. that thousand dollar right range, a booking person is only what are they getting? 
you know, they're only getting like a hundred bucks off of that or, you know, maybe 200 bucks. So really you're even pushing it further than the level of, so, so this is what dictates that agent. If you are an artist that can't get booked for a gig less than, or can't get booked for a gig more than a thousand dollars, you're probably not going to be able to really get a a significant, a worthwhile agent. agent. Exactly. Exactly. So you and yep. so making a thousand dollars a gig that doesn't even become a gig now. You know what I mean? Like if you're making a thousand dollars, I mean it's a gig, but it's you see what I mean? You're starting to get a little bit higher. So um, I really tell independent artists, you know, focus on learning the business yourself. Um, you know, really start learning that. Focus on being able to market how to market that yourself. If you have somebody to assist you, great. There you go. Absolutely. But do you need an agent? No, probably not, because agent probably doesn't right. need you, and that's that's not <laughs> that's not that's not to be that's the mean. Harsh, that's, it's, I mean, yeah, not to be mean. That's that is the harsh reality. It's I mean, you don't make reality. enough on your gig right. for an agent to want to work with you to make whatever pittance they're going to make from booking exactly. you. Exactly, so. exactly. And so you do have superstar indie artists. You know, you have those independent artists who are superstars, and so yeah, maybe they're not making thousands of of dollars per, um, per gig, but they can book a lot of gigs so now then that starts to add up so okay so maybe i'm not getting you know two thousand a gig but i am playing every you know three and four times a week okay well now mm-hmm. that it becomes a little bit more attractive you know for me to yep. now invest in you because i'm just making it up now in quantity you know in, in the numbers of shows and and the other side and, and all of this actually uh, the the whole industry and in, in any industry is about really being creative right. on how you're you're structuring your business. So you just hit an, a, upon a good topic about uh, if you have a whole number of shows during the week, mm-hmm. then you also have opportunities to sell merch and CDs. Exactly. And what you can do is cut whoever's working with you to book you in these venues a deal on the sale of those the CDs and merchandise. Right. And so, so yeah, so as you see, as we're going through, there's so many layers to this. And, you know, I, I think the average independent artist, you know, is somewhere kind of in either in the very beginning or in the middle. Um, and so that's why I do think, you know, product and, and B, you're going to start off probably doing gigs that you're like, what? This isn't glamorous at all. I have mm-hmm. <laughs> all my equipment I have to lug in. I'm spending all this time, you know, with my band trying to get, you know, the music tight. And I mean, you you really are working a lot. And then a lot of times you're booked um, in spaces that don't have, you know, you're getting dressed in the bathroom with everybody else, with the one stall, mm-hmm. you know, you don't have a green room and, you know, you're, you're, you, or yep. you, you made the, they might not even have, they might be like, well, our bathroom is only for employees. I mean, you just, it is, it, it becomes, it's not, it, it can, it can, it cannot be very glamorous at first. And you need, you need to understand that that's normal. Um, but as you go and as you grow, what happens is, is the more you're doing these gigs now, when it's time to kind of push things, you can say, I performed at this place, this place, this place, this place, this place. Um, or I performed at this one place every week. You know, I was the entertainment. Um, that's kind of how I started. I, you know, I had a regular gig. I had a a restaurant that had live entertainment every weekend. And so I performed the entire weekend, um, once a month. So it was like a Thursday through Saturday gig that I did yeah. every month. 
Um, yeah, that was one of my favorite gigs. I had uh, when Zanzibar was on the waterfront mm, in D.C., mm-hmm. uh, I would do the Sunday brunch. Mm-hmm. And Lord have mercy, that was one of my favorite <laughs> gigs. We got to have the nice breakfast yeah, with the pancakes yeah. and the, the whole on the water. Yeah. I mean, it was like, yeah. No, restaurant gigs, gigs are good. I mean, you know, they, you know, I, I, they, you know, some of them can be challenging. But I will say this, the other thing that a restaurant gig does for you, and this is what I am so thankful, I kind of, I I call these Forrest Gump moments where you jump into, you you land into things that you didn't, and they're like these incredible things that you didn't even know were incredible. But um, I have so many of those. (laughs) Constant. I I am Forrest Gump. You are Forrest Gump too. Um, But yeah, that restaurant thing, you get the food and see what it also did is, you know, because the restaurant I was at while the, it was, it was an intimate space. And so people definitely, you know, are hearing me. Um, it's not like I'm such background that they don't even really hear me. I definitely was heard, but I am still kind of background music. So what's nice about mm-hmm. that as an, a beginning artist where you're still trying to get your, your craft down and your performance down and get the band tight and all of that you can, you can, it's, it's practice. It's dress rehearsals too for. We call it paid to practice. Mm-hmm. It's a paid to practice. <laughs> and so when you do have that bigger gig where all eyes are on you and it's a listening room and it's not, you're not background, you've at least experienced um, the live element, you know, of, of performing yep. in a room. So that I tell beginning, you know, artists, independent artists, look for that, look for that, that gig. That regular, yeah. um, not those big venues, not House of Blues, not, you know, you're not trying to, you know, go to um, those type quite when you're beginning. As you move up and you've you've practiced this and you've gotten a little bit more performances under your belt, then you can start looking at those options. But One thing that I found uh, was really helpful when I was um, starting to do gigs was that I was, uh, and this is just how I am, I'm very... Um, punctual mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm, I'm very professional. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. and, and I, I was just always like that. I always expected that. Mm-hmm. And, and that's how I wanted people to view me. Mm-hmm. And so with that, um, when the venues that I would, would play in, they realized that I was there on time, mm-hmm. ready to play, mm-hmm. ready to go. And what ended up happening, these, these companies would grow yeah. And they got other venues, other restaurants. Mm-hmm. And so I started playing all these other restaurants. Right. And it, it becoming the house band and people relied on me because they knew that I, I would be there right. and handle business and and things just would run smoothly. One less thing for them to worry about. Absolutely. So No, you're bringing up such a critical point for artists to understand and it even and it ultimately impacts your income. Your professionalism, oh my god. <laughs> you know, the you can be hired purely for that, okay? Because they exactly. know that you are reliable and that we don't have to worry about you. And I think the more you grow your music business, I know I am completely all about that. I don't work mm-hmm. with people who can't get it together. <laughs> I'm just going to be honest. <laughs> I can't do it because it's too stressful. And so, you know, it may, you know, maybe, maybe my, you know, I don't know, guitar player or whatever that I play with. And this is not the case at all. Cause I love my guitar player. I think he's fantastic, but mm-hmm. you know, 
it, it sometimes you get that musician that he may not do all the riffs and special and make everybody fall out, but he's there on time. He knows his part, and we're ready, and we can roll, and we yep. don't have to ever, you know. And I think you're you're putting yourself in a really really tricky situation if you are working with musicians or you yourself lack that because you will not get hired merely because of that. Um, yeah, if, if there's a musician you really love to play with, you think they're awesome, and in fact, when you when you make music together, it reaches this other level, at, but they're just unprofessional, <laughs> or mm-hmm. they just can't make the gigs all the time, mm-hmm. or the, you know, whatever it is, for whatever reason, you don't hire them. Right. <laughs> Thank uh, you, Will. Oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> you, did what, you what guys you do, hear that? Don't hire them. Don't, don't hire them. Oh but gosh. what you do is yeah. you invite them to jam sessions. Yeah, right. <laughs> and, and you all have a great time at the jam session. Right. Um, <laughs> uh, other than that, <laughs> if you want to work and, right. and, and have gigs. Right. Um, right. Yeah. And this was a really, you know, oh, I'm so glad you're saying this. I, th- this was this is probably one of the biggest challenges also of beginning artists, because you're not going to necessarily be able to attract, you know, you're just starting. So, so, you know, so that was something that for me, it was, I, that was a really hard lesson um, for me was that, you know, here I am, I'm, I, I love music and I, you know, I wanted, I needed musicians, um, but I wanted musicians who were at a certain level, but my gigs are paying $3. So the certain level musician who's always, you know, maybe very reliant and timely and, you know, he's used to, or she's used to a certain level of pay too. And so now it's right. kind of like, I can't offer that. And and so it becomes kind of tricky you know, if you are the type of musician that needs, if you're a singer and you don't play an instrument, you need some, you know, another musician with you. Um, that can become really tricky because that level of an artist um, or a musician may be like, you know, you gotta you gotta convince them and they gotta really believe in what you're doing, so that it maybe if it's not what they're used to getting paid or or whatever, they still take that chance with you or they see that potential. So that's why your professionalism, your work ethic, your your energy, um, is just as important as your craft because that is that is also a big part of of you know how you're gonna attract um, gigs and, and be able exactly. to. Exactly. And people want to, want to have you in their venue. Absolutely. So the other thing, how to find these musicians, mm-hmm. uh, is go to the jam sessions, mm-hmm. go sit, sit in, um, open mic nights, mm-hmm. uh, you know, just go, go to these events, see the musician, see who's running the event, um, and, and get as many cards and information as possible mm-hmm. and then talk to people. And that um, can be hard for people. Um, yeah. Well, I think a lot, I think, um, as a singer, I, I see this a lot with singers. Um, it's like the psychology of a singer, you know, I don't know. I, I think that right. ability just to approach musicians and just be like, Hey, I liked your sound. Give me your card. <laughs> like that, that was hard for me too. Like I, I would bring my husband with me and he was much more aggressive with that. And so he mm-hmm. would, a lot of times would go up cause I was just too shy or nervous or I'm like, you know, who am I? That guy sounded amazing. Like, who am I going to go up to him and say, come play with me. And you know, I got two <laughs> songs, you know, I mean, so it was, yeah. it was very intimidating for me. And so what I did, you know, my husband was like, you know, well, I'll go up to him. And so my first few musicians that I worked with and, and actually the first drummer that I ever kind of did a show kind of thing with, he is actually 
my current drummer um <laughs> and he mm-hmm. took a chance on me and you know we saw him playing and he was lighting it up and i was like I'm, my husband's like you need to talk to him i'm like i'm not talking to him no no i'm not talking oh. to him i got one song <laughs> one song and i don't even know if it's decent but my husband went up to him and he took a chance. And so you you do have to, what you just said, you got to go to things, you got to hear musicians play. And if you know yourself as a singer that you are having a hard time networking like that, then, you know, you have to build up that confidence, obviously. But don't be afraid to bring along somebody with you who maybe has a little bit right. more of that. And who more can, confidence, yep, yeah. Who can, who's willing to kind of stand up for you um, and, and bring you along. But you got to let them do that if, in fact you know, that person is there. Um, don't, and a, and don't another tip down. is to go to these, these uh, colleges and universities yes. and go to their, their band performances, yeah. their jazz band performances uh, and, and listen, you yep. know, listen to see who's, who can play what types of tunes yep. and, and then go up after the, while they're cleaning up set, you know, taking it down yeah. and, and talk to the students because the students are really hungry to They're play and get that hungry. experience. I'm so glad you brought that up. And, you know, I will say most musicians, I rarely have met, I've only met a very few musicians who weren't hungry, you know, who weren't kind of like wanting, they want to play, you know, they want to play. Um, and I had to kind of get over my own stuff <laughs> and realize that mm-hmm. musicians, you know, no, for them, it's a, a lot of times. And, and you think about your own self as a musician, you know, you want to be able to play, you want to be able to have people hear what you're doing. So yeah, definitely go to the universities and, and you're right. As much as you can go, I mean, I still, I am a, I think that artists have to not just love to perform, but they need to really get enthusiastic about music in general and um, be willing to go to shows. You know, I still to this day, you know, I'm a regular, I go to shows regularly. And what's what's wonderful now, now that I have kind of progressed my career a bit, um, I'm able to go to these bigger shows and the confidence is better. So now I can go up at the end of an Emily King show or the end of a Lisa Fisher show, which I did and went to her and said, listen, you're Mm -hmm. on fire and let's talk. And, you know, and I've met, you know, I, that's how I started working with one of my producers is I went up to, um, he's NDRE's bass player and I've heard him and I loved what he does. And I, yes, I took that. I, <laughs> my husband came with yeah, you, me, but I, yeah, I you, went up to him. You told me about yeah, that story. Yeah. And, you know, we made it. And I, I never imagined that I'd be working with him. Um, I actually was just trying to kind of compliment him and maybe have some kind of, I don't know, maybe you'll remember my face. But um, so, yeah, mm-hmm. artists, you, you got to go to shows. And, you know, when you're starting out, it's a real good look. I have a question for you. Do you, What do you think about people putting like just um, like on, I don't know, on Instagram or social media and saying, you know, looking for drummers, looking for you know, email me here. What are your thoughts about that and how much energy should artists spend doing that? Um, I, I, I think, uh, I think I, and I, I can't speak on that really because I never did that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and somebody else can, who's done it and can probably tell you what success rate they've had with that. Mm-hmm. But just speaking from my vantage point and what I, how I feel when I see that, mm-hmm. um, I think it's more, um, uh, it's, it's better to just go out and meet musicians in, in, in person yeah. because 
music is a very personal process mm-hmm. and it's it's not uh when when you meet people to collaborate with more often than not you've met them in a physical circumstance mm-hmm. um it's the rare occasion now there are occasions where you meet people online and you start collaborating with right but um that's I don't think that's as frequent mm-hmm. as as it is most of the musician relationships I have are from you know live analog experiences <laughs> right yeah <laughs> so yeah no i i you know and i i i get I get exactly why you do that, and you know because it's you know particularly i think again as as singers where we're not necessarily um enculturated in the band, you know, so as, Mm -hmm. as often. And so when we're looking for musicians to play with, it can be a little bit sometimes challenging, but I agree with you in that, um, you know, music is very personal and, you know, I think that that is one, you know, you can, you can try that and see kind of how it happens. I've never done that that way either. What I have done though, definitely is I will, I will message musicians I know and I will say, can you refer you know, who do you know? Right, right. Um, because these are musicians that I trust and or musicians that I really respect, you know, and I, I therefore trust who they're going to, you know, send over. And, and you know, most musicians kind of give you a little heads up on, you know, certain things maybe of who they're referring. So I think that, that right, that's right. definitely a good way to. That's always the better, better way to go. Yeah. Getting referrals. Yeah. 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 So. So the last thing I wanted to to at least address is when you do have a venue who's interested in you mm-hmm. playing there, mm-hmm. what do you negotiate? Hmm. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you know, it always obviously just depends on what the venue is saying they can offer. Um, right. I I think again, you know, knowing your worth. Um, is a tricky thing, I think, period for artists. <laughs> Cause mm-hmm, we, mm-hmm. we, I don't know. I, we either, we elevate too high or we way too low undershoot ourselves. Mm-hmm. And so, um, I, you know, I think again, when we talk about these levels, if you're in that first beginning level, you know, um, the negotiation power may be a little weak because <laughs> you're just trying to, you have no leverage. Right. You're trying to just get up in there. Um, I yeah. think, you know, artists performing for free, I, cause you have that too. I think that you need to be very careful with that at the same time, understand that that's going to be a part of your career initially. It's just, it is, it is a mm-hmm. part of the land. I think as you start getting out, you know, you start getting more and, and you know, what, what it becomes about is what can you, what can you present to them that justifies the negotiation that you're trying to give? So, um, you know, if they're, if they're paying you something that you feel is lower than what you should get, you know, you can't just say, you know, I'm good. Give me more. Like you can't do that. You, you got to be able to say, well, this is my typical draw. These are the numbers that I'm expecting to pull in. You know, these are, you can look at my social media to see the type of following I have in your, you know, I'm on the radio, my song is played, you know, I'm at this, you know, those are all the things that kind of so you just need things to support so i i do think you can negotiate fee definitely when it comes to like you know um i don't know timing and kind of basic you know day of the week and you know those things are always a little bit simpler and venues kind of i think are a little bit more open to that mm-hmm. it's the money that um 
you know, gets trickier. And just to let people know, those who are listening, who, you know, usually when you're getting booked by someone, the ways that you should be probably anticipating is either a flat, they're just giving you a flat fee for the night, um, no matter who comes, you know, those are, and if, and that's a, if that's a good fee, then that's that cushy gig because, yep. <laughs> yep. because now we're not relying on, Oh Lord, you know, it's more than my cousin and my mama coming to this <laughs> show, you know, cause if just cousin and mama come and they say they're giving you this, no matter what, um, you know, the, the, but that can, I think make obviously marketing and promotions very lazy at that point. But, um, mm-hmm. but yeah, they'll either give you that or they'll give you a, a lot of times the percentage of the door. Um, right. And that negotiation. And the rare times, they'll give you the flat fee and a percentage yes, of the right. door. Exactly. You might get that. Or you may get a situation where you get a flat fee, and if it sells out, if they are at max capacity, they'll give you a bonus on top mm-hmm. of that. Um, and so, you know, that door thing, you know, I would say commonly it's between, you know, you, your very low door is a 50-50 door. Um, mm-hmm. Then, you know, most though are usually trying to do a 70-80. You know, they're trying to get up to, to help you out a bit. Venues that do that door right. split. Um, and then you have places that get really tricky where they're like the first 10, you know, cover purchases yeah. are theirs. And then you only get after that number. Um, so exactly. yeah. Too. yeah, yeah. So that that's harder. That's more common for your more basic level um, artists. And usually, what happens with that is they're having multiple acts that night. So exactly, yeah. Exactly. So, but in a, as a general rule, you got to have something to negotiate with mm-hmm. to negotiate. Yep. <laughs> so, <laughs> Ta-da! Yes. <laughs> you you got to have numbers. You got to have facts and figures, and you got to be able to show them that you can do X. Yep. Uh, before you get Y and Z. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's a hard lesson to learn. You know, I mean, I I know I didn't understand that when I was first starting. I wasn't understanding why everybody wasn't booking me the moment I emailed them. You know, I I didn't get it. Um, mm-hmm. But now, you know, having gone through this for some years now, you know, I I get it. I And even at the level, you know, I just will say, you know, I don't have a manager. Um, I have people. <laughs> mm-hmm. I tell you, mm-hmm. I got people. I have people that um, I've built some good relationships with. And so, you know, through those people, you know, if there is a specific venue or city that, you know, I know I'm going to be in and I and I would like to perform in, then I start utilizing my people. And this is why, you know, it becomes utterly, utterly important relationship building. I'm telling you, musicians, I got it. Is. Ooh, it my is. God. I, I, you know, don't burn those bridges. I know we nope. get <laughs> I know we get mad. We get frustrated. I mean, there are certain relationships. I mean, I have burned bridges before. OK, I have completely set the arson on fire. <laughs> I don't want to have anything else to do, you know, and I'm fine and I'm happy with that. But I would say the majority you know, you can't, you never know where that's going to show itself up again. So you need to be mm-hmm. very careful with your relationships and how you treat people, how you brand yourself on, on um, social media. If you're always dissing people and talking about people or you're always crit- being critical of this singer and that voice and that player, then when you're like, come mm-hmm. listen to my stuff, you know, people, people remember that stuff. So exactly, exactly. Yeah. And it, and it does get easier yeah. uh, as you, as you do it more Yeah, and it gets to the point, 
um, you know, where I'm, uh, people refer you yep. for for gigs and and venues, and you just you ha- sometimes you're turning stuff down because yeah. you just don't have the time, and yeah. that's and that's a very good place to be in. Yeah, that's so, that's that's you know, the it, sweet it, spot, and you know, and, yeah. and and you also as an independent artist, remember you're your own, you're your own kind of pressure. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You're your own. Mm-hmm. Like you, you. That's the beauty of being independent. Like you, kind of get to kind of set this this ship up, you know. And so you're setting the sail. So you can set it up in a really horrible way and have a very bumpy, you know. Or you can, you know. And so if you're not, I I know for me, you know, I'm in a season right now where performing. I'm actually purposely. You know, I'm not looking for gigs right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if somebody comes and has asked, you know, and I'm asked to play at something and it's reasonable and it works, you know, then I've accepted that. But I'm not even putting myself, I'm not even, my yeah. intentions, my energy isn't even in that space because, you know, I'm, I, I totally know. totally hear you. Yes. Because <laughs> so, I know then I would have to be. It just becomes hard. And I and that was a hard, I mean, mm-hmm. because you you get afraid, am I going to become you know, irrelevant and are people going to forget that I exist? And, you know, for me in my life, I know that, um, you know, I get Chardet. I get it. I get going and mm-hmm. hiding mm-hmm. for, and I by no means am anywhere remotely near a Chardet status of, 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 you know, people coming to my shows. But when you're, you know, for me traveling and, and, you know, I did, I, I was very intentional about finding gigs and finding shows and going you know, beyond Chicago. And, you know, I was able to make that happen even internationally. Um, but I realized the importance of a break too. And so you got to recharge. Yeah. You have you to take recharge. Care of yourself. So those who are giggers and who are jobbing and who are playing, you know, night after night or multiple times a week, you know, you got to pay attention to that. And while that is on most people that become when you're when you're playing like that, that's because that's food, that's rent, that's car. Mm-hmm. And so I get it. And so, you know, but you still have to in the mix of that um, start looking at if, if that's wearing you out and burning you out, um, this gigging lifestyle, you, you have to start now. This is where we have to be creative and, and why money and business. We have to start thinking mm-hmm. about what are the other ways. Set up a business. Yep. What are yep. the other ways that I can generate um, income and still use my music and use my craft? And there are, you know, there are many ways. And, you know, you don't that that's one way that is. And it's, you know, a common way. But there there are other things you can do to diversify. Yep, and we offer offer both of those mm-hmm. options and ideas uh, with um, creating crimson with with mm-hmm. Kenya's coaching service, Absolutely. and I'm one of her coaches. And you can also read about some of those ideas and get some some plans and some steps from my book, Making Money in the Music Business. Yep, and uh, you can check that at makingmoneyinthemusicbiz.com, and you can visit Kenya's site at. You can visit at creatingcrimson.com. And, and while you're on that, I, you know, don't just hear it from me and, you know, Will here on the, on the podcast. I, I too am having um, an uh, event, a series called Art Voices Matter, where I'm bringing in people who are in the game. We're talking celebrity artists here who really, you know, not only make a living, but make a pretty, you know, high living off of it. And they're going to be providing 
strategies along this line too of how do you how do you how did they get these shows how did they get that grammy how did they get it where mm-hmm. they weren't gigging every night but you know um and so that if you go to artvoicesmatter.com you'll see but we've got from mc light to um claude mcknight from the group take six um to um foreign exchange members uh Fonte and Zoe and some other underground, Mark DeClive Lowe, who's a DJ, who I really encourage producers who are listening to this podcast and DJs, because that's another whole other space of getting gigs and making money, and they can make a lot of money. Um, So Mark is coming in to represent that um, sector, and then I have a jazz, soul jazz singer, Shantae Can. So, you know, make sure you use these resources. Definitely, you know, Will's book um, is a huge, I think it, it, it needs to become like the dictionary or the encyclopedia <laughs> of, you know, how do we how do we do this? And then for Creating Crimson, beyond the masterclass series with those artists, you know, I do do one-on-one. Let's, let's figure out how can we make this work in your lifestyle? You know, right, and that's, right. that's, that's really my goal so yep and you can also reach out to us uh at uh you have uh an email for, yes. for folks to uh to yeah reach definitely out. please email um if you have questions um if you have questions about creating crimson you can email info at creating crimson.com um if you have questions about the um art voices matter series um Particularly, that that series is going to be held in Chicago, but if you know you're not going to be able to be in Chicago, the series is June through October, and you know you're not going to be able to be there, we do have a way for you to still participate. So if you email info at artvoicesmatter.com, I can answer questions about that and, you know, help you out. to. to You're going to be streaming that at all? Well... I can't, yes and it. no yes no yeah no there is there will be a component of that absolutely um okay. but that is we are we are really trying to push our Chicago people to come physically but if you're not in Chicago if you're going to be outside of Chicago um we do have that option so we want to make sure that those you know that everybody can partake as much as perfect, possible perfect yeah yep and if you want to have questions about questions about the podcast you can email me at uh, DRW Smith at making money in the music Yeah. That's DRW Smith at making money in the music Right. And if you're curious to know, like, well, who's this Kenya chick and why is she? Okay. So, so creating Crimson just talks about my business. But if you really want to know what I'm doing as an artist, and I really try to tell clients, please don't just go to creating Crimson. See what I make sure that what I'm talking about, <laughs> I'm not just talking. Right, right. You know, I actually have some music, you know, out there, some projects, and, you know, I've gotten some really, really wonderful and cool opportunities. So you can learn more just about me in general at kenyamjmusic.com. So that you know I'm And, and I'll provide all these these <laughs> links. Yeah, you are, you are totally legit. I'm legit. I'm not, I mean, when I say legit, meaning I, I'm not making up, you know, I'm not just getting on and just talking out my head. Like, I, I, that's the cool thing about being a coach. I'm going through the same thing as the artist. Like, we're in this together. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So, so what, like I said, I'll provide the links to all this stuff um, for the podcast and uh, you can just go to my website and get get all that. But it's been great. Yeah. Thanks for all that, in, that valuable information. Yes. Yes. Thank you. And thanks for the questions. You, you're such a good leader. You're such a good 
facilitator. Well, I, I just know <laughs> what I've been through <laughs> and I'm, I'm teleporting back to that moment in time where I was like, how? Right. <laughs> I hear you. Mm, yes. So this is cathartic for us two guys who are listening. Yeah, it is. It is. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, thanks, Kenya. I appreciate uh, the insights. Oh, thank you.